the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. My name's Ellie Greening. And my name's Sandra Patel-Stewart. On this podcast, we will be interviewing some of the UK's greatest tech leaders. We'll be discussing war stories, battle scars, and their learnings from their journeys. Hopefully, you will pick up some great tips, learn from others' experiences, and have a good laugh along the way. everyone and welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership Leadership Podcast. I'm really happy to have uh, Liran Haimovic on today who's the CTO at Rookout. So Rookout is the rapid debugging solution which collects data on demand from live code and pipeline it immediately to any destination such as alerting and monitoring tools. With Rookout's real-time instrumentation technology, a company can tackle bugs and issues without any need for coding, redeploying or restarting the application. Liran is the co-founder and CTO at Rookout. He founded the company back in 2017 and in less than two years, they raised 12 million. He's an award-winning cybersecurity practitioner, writer and an advocate of modern software methodologies like Agile, Lean and DevOps. Hello, Liran. Hey, great to be here. (laughs) Hi, Liran. Nice to have you on the show. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, very good. The sun is shining here in Leeds today, so and, and we're set to have them. Um, I think it's going to be our hottest day of the year tomorrow, so uh, oh, looking forward to that. <laughs> that's nice. Uh, we're, over here, we're definitely not looking for our hottest day of the year. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get quite as excited about that every no. no. we, we do get excited about it, but we, we run for shelter more like it. <laughs> yeah. I'll be um, I'll be working out in the sun tomorrow, I think. <laughs> um, nice. So great to have you on the show. Um obviously we spoke a few weeks ago um and um we briefly touched on um what you guys are doing as a business and I think we happen to be um I think at the time we had Martin Sabag on the show as well, didn't we? I don't know if you've listened to to his session that we recorded because I believe you were in talks with him. Um, at the time, so it was an interesting coincidence. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I'd like to start with um, just going through your background um, in a little bit more detail and just get get an idea, um, particularly for the listeners, um, of your um, journey, um, where everything started, how you got into tech. Um, your, um, I've had a look at your LinkedIn profile and it's quite secretive, isn't it? So it'd be really interesting to find out um, <laughs> more about you. <laughs> so I've been into tech as long as I can remember. I'm not sure building Legos counts, uh, <laughs> but uh, fairly early on in say, probably elementary school, I've started coding and I've got my bachelor's in computer sciences when I was 18. What, and did, that's you when I... co- what did you start coding in? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I know it was uh, 25 years ago. God knows. Wow, you don't uh, look old enough. <laughs> I don't, uh, I'm going to be 33 in a couple of months, so uh, I'm getting old. <laughs> I got my uh, bachelor's in computer sciences mm-hmm. and I drafted into the army doing a, various, a lot of cybersecurity stuff for about a decade, which is why... My LinkedIn profile doesn't say all that much. Mm-hmm. And along the way, I've learned a lot. I did some uh, a lot of cybersecurity work, development research, uh, vulnerability research, 
uh, did some projects in product management and led a few teams. And then about, was wow, it's four years ago, I left. Mm-hmm. And I decided I want to do something else. Found myself going down the rabbit hole of uh, starting my own uh, venture, which uh, mm-hmm. ended up being Rookout, which is quite a fun place to be. And in many ways, Rookout was... And my co-founder and I attempted to bring something else to the venture world in general and DevOps and DevTools in particular. And along the way, on the one hand, we've learned a lot about the pains and needs of software engineers. And personally, I have a lot of uh, horror stories to tell about uh, bugs I've chased around for months, you know, just to find them and fix them. And at the (laughs) same time, we also acquired a certain mindset and uh, and skill set in doing cybersecurity. And as we were trying to build our own venture, we thought about uh, DevTools and DevOps as a very interesting and promising field. We mm-hmm. want to make a difference. And bringing our own uh, ideas and mindset from the cybersecurity realm into DevOps got us a well, it gave us a new perspective of things about what's possible and what's not possible and how, a, let's say, traditional challenges can be met with a untraditional methods. And that's kind of how Rookout was born. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, so four years in, um, obviously, you've, um, you've done great um job in securing um money that you've raised your um you've got a footprint in um other um countries now um obviously you've um you've, you've done you know you've done uh, you've succeeded well in in a short space of time how um i think it'd be interesting to tell the listeners more about the challenges that you face particularly in the first year um you know kind of from day one to the end of your first year what that looked like for you, what challenges you experienced, what your pain areas were, um, and how you kind of got it to where you are today. So uh, being a two-founder team, for two-founders team, my role Mm -hmm. as the CTO for the first year was focused on building our engineering team from the ground up. Uh, That means everything from uh, even the basic logistics of how do you hire people and how do you get them an office, uh, all the way to finding talent, recruiting talent, onboarding talent, uh, figuring out what the skill sets you need, and in many cases, picking up on, in many cases, the team needed skills that I didn't have, and so you have to think through how do you, uh, how do you interview, how do you search, how do you onboard people who are doing something you yourself are not proficient in, or unskilled. And so for the first year, it's been about how do we scale from a two-person team and doing some work in the garage to a third, <laughs> 10 uh, engineers team uh, with multiple disciplines. Uh, along the way, a lot of uh, engineering challenges came up. Uh, wh- how do you stuff that was uh, easy enough to collaborate between two people often wasn't good enough to collaborate between 10 people. Uh, whether that's uh, how fast does your CI/CD go through, uh, which environment do we have, how is the code managed, and others. And so I think for the first year, it's been about building the engineering organization 
to uh, to build the product for real, not just have a nice, cool-looking cool demo. Fantastic. And if you could, if you could um, go back and do it all over again, what would you have done differently? Well, I might have done less of it. I might have been focusing more on uh, marketing and sales operation and to a certain degree product. It's stuff that uh, we, I wasn't as involved in, in the first year and now I'm doing a lot more of mm-hmm. getting customers, uh, showing the product, getting feedback about it. And uh, in general, uh, making sure people know us, ma- making sure people uh, mm-hmm. learn about our product and enjoy it. Other than that, I think from a more direct approach, how would I do it better? And I think I would definitely have built a stronger product management organization earlier on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a somewhat of a debate as the product is very technical and we had a clear idea of what we we're trying to build. And at the same time, I can definitely say uh, having more product management resources earlier on would have been beneficial, both in a, a delivering more faster as well as offloading uh, both myself and other members of the team from tasks which were best suited for other people. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Particularly like yourself, you come from a more technical background. So as you progressed, you had to wear different hats and take on different responsibilities. But when you mentioned about like the sales and marketing aspect and getting out there and demos of the customers, it sounds like you enjoy that part just as much. Yeah. So when, when you're a founder and it's your own uh, business and everything feels re- relevant, everything feels important and you just can't let stuff go sideways uh, and be left unattended. So you just kind of, it's your baby, you pick, whatever is needed and go through with it. I'm currently, I've personally signed, I've been involved in many of the, our biggest deals and our more significant deals. And it's definitely, it's just as much fun thing, seeing a deal go through as it is a, seeing a new product launch. Mm. Fantastic. So does that mean you travel all over the world then speaking to customers? And I, I used to. Every, <laughs> we can't go <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think I think I, I've over the la- I've missed on about three or four conferences I was supposed to be at over the last few months, but mm-hmm. yeah, I've been traveling a lot uh, to stay the states and Europe. Fantastic. Over the last couple of years. Been a nice oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's been a nice welcome break then recently. Yeah, just. I was supposed home. to be in London. <laughs> I was supposed to be in London for a. Yukon, I think. Yukon, was mm-hmm. it? Yeah. And then it got cancelled due to uh, Corona. Wasn't so, yeah. so much fun. Yeah. I think the buildings that we usually use for them big events are being used for other purposes at the moment, <laughs> unfortunately. But looks like things are getting a little bit better in the UK. I think we're a bit behind where you are, Israel. But hopefully we're kind of on the right track now. Better late than never, but we are kind of starting to plateau, which is good to hear. So how many people in the team at Rookout now? How big is the the team we're 26 26 okay great how would you um describe your leadership style around no that's a challenging question Hmm. especially as 
I wouldn't, many people I know, the way they would describe their personal leadership style and the way I would do it might not always be the same. So it's a kind of a Maybe question. I should ask, how would your team describe your leadership mm-hmm. style? And uh, I believe in empowering people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about pointing people in the right direction. It's about setting the ground rules about what's okay to do, what's available and what's not okay to do. Uh, in some cases, what requires additional consideration or consultation. Again, uh, giving them as much context on what is needed to achieve and what environments it needs to be achieved and then just letting them go and do it, get it done. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So given in that level of autonomy, which is great. Um, some of your project failures, you might not be able to tell us, because like you say, you've been in the government quite a long time um, in the army. So, But it'd be interesting to kind of discuss one specific project failure that comes to mind where you learn the from it, so something that really had a big impact, found impact in your leadership style moving forward? So there was a big project, uh, which is still synonym to my name, uh, years after I've left it. <laughs> and we developed it, I think, for almost three years. For various reasons, we couldn't uh, release it or deploy it earlier. It was due to various uh, organizational concerns and getting trying to get feature on. And it took us almost three years to get to that point. And after we launched, it was probably my worst launch ever. We spent about six to eight months picking up the pieces. Uh, <laughs> we had so many bugs in that launch. And specifically, there was bu- one bug that uh, over time caused the system state deteriorate up to the point it was uh, dysfunctional. And so we were, echo. And so as a, for about six months, we were chasing around that bug uh, kept, and it was a very annoying rinse and repeat cycle where we sit around for a few hours, trying to figure out what, what might be going wrong, add a, bu- add a bunch of log lines, and then spend anywhere from 48 hours to a week to getting that version released uh, with a lot of manual work in the process. And then following that, we would wait a day or two or three, see that we didn't fix the problem, see that we're, we got some new data, but not enough, and then do it again and again and again. And it took us about, I think, five months to get reasonably stable. Wow. And along the way, we found many other bugs, uh, and not many of them were easily fixed. But this this iterative process was just so time-consuming and personally frustrating. Uh, and obviously, with this big project going on for three years, a lot of uh, a lot of people have been waiting for that launch. A lot of people have been tracking it, and and it was a lot of a lot of pressure in that environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um, uh, but do you think that then helped inspire you with Rookout and put oh, you on the right? <laughs> That's it. Definitely that kind of is, the, is the birth of Rookout, right? <laughs> Going yeah. Through. So it gave me a huge perspective both on the need to uh, develop deliver early and often, 
Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it also gave me insights into how hard can it be to collect even a single piece of data from our own code and how we need a better tooling to enable us to move faster and get the data we need. Fantastic. Yeah, that sounds great. Fantastic. Um, it's one that you'll probably uh, never forget about and um, and learn from, um, which is the main thing, isn't it? We all, we all go through these situations where things take longer mm. than expected and, you know, frustrating and it's time consuming, but it, it's how you move forward and it's giving you that grit and drive to, to get to where you are today as well. Um, so I think we can take some positives away from that as well. <laughs> Definitely. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm very proud of that project, project, and it's still being used today, years after. I've left that project behind in wow, six years ago. Uh, I've left the organization four years ago. And the project is going strong. People still attribute much of its success to me. And yet, it's somewhat bittersweet with all the pain and the <laughs> rough uh, launch that, that's been involved in it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, so we talked about your leadership style and how your teams would um, describe you. Um, obviously, we're going through, we're all going through um, difficult time right now. Um, you guys, um, are, you know, coming out of this sooner than than we are here in the UK. And how um, how have you dealt with um, the current, um, I guess, pandemic in terms of keeping your teams? together your people together uniting them what have you what have you, what do you think that you've done differently um to help with that so we've started by getting everybody to work from home and once uh, once things were getting to that point for us it was fairly easy because we most of the team members if not all of them have had some experience working from home Mm-hmm. On occasion, occasionally, uh, obviously for other companies where it's a bigger shift, then practicing was more important. Uh, we've put in a lot of effort in trying to get the, to try and uh, make it, I, I would say nice working from home, whether it's by uh, sending, uh, making sure people have the equipment they need, uh, laptops, screens, even chairs. And at the same time, it's about uh, sending the occasional cake home or beers or whatever, just to uh, <laughs> get some of those office perks at people's yeah. home. And, nice. and especially when do, done by surprise, it makes people think you yeah. understand you care and you, you're thinking about them. That's very thoughtful. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. it's, it's, it's very easy. It's hard to keep that culture going, isn't it? I think um, when everyone's remotely and in different locations. Um, It's definitely hard, yeah. And a lot of the day-to-day burden falls on the managers, the Mm -hmm. team leaders and other managers who have to keep everyone in sync. Uh, There are some ways to get some more face-to-face time, even through lockdown. Especially when things relax, sometimes it's whether it's meeting in open places or meeting on a team basis, there are ways to try and maintain some of that human contact face to face occasionally. And at the end of the day, it's mostly about trying being as, to be as flexible as possible. 
-hmm. Everybody is dealing with the issue differently. Some people uh, are stuck alone at home. Some people have their families and wives and children to look after. Some people, we have a few employees who are actually living, went back to their parents for various reasons. Mm -hmm. And so people have, it's always true that people have preferences when they walk, how they walk and so on. But when walking in a new environment, then that's even more challenging. Other than that, it's important to know that chances are that when you hired those people, those people, you didn't interview them for this kind of position. You didn't plan for them to be working from home. And some of them are probably going to be doing great. Some of them might even be doing better than they already are. But some of them are going to be challenged by this new scenario, whether, whether that's their environment or by their, uh, whether it's difficult for them to concentrate from home, whether it's easier for them to consult face-to-face on technical issues or other problems. And so one of the shifts here is that it does require more managers, not necessarily direct supervision, but you do have to keep in mind that some people are going to require a bit of a helping hand adjusting to the new environment they're working in. Yeah, we've um, we've had a similar situation. We've had um, some people that have absolutely thrived in the situation, and and others that have really struggled to focus. And and you know, and they've openly said, "Look, I, I don't like working from home. I need to be in the office. I learn from my teammates, colleagues, and social interaction." Um, so it's been a difficult challenge in time and you've just got to adapt to each person haven't you and and do the best that you can for them and actually moving back to the office as lockdown subsides is it presents its own challenges because some people are going to be very very eager going back to the office because Mm -hmm. they are they're desperate for it they're missing it while others are either going to be hesitant about because they're not they like working from home some of them health concerns are going to be a problem, whether it's because they're using public transit, whether it's because they have moved away, whether it's because they personally feel more at risk and don't want to be at the office. So it's a balancing act. And there, I don't have any right or wrong answers here, but uh, the more you go back into being office first, the more people who stay away are going to feel as outsiders. And then find the right balance for your company, for your team, for the various departments. Uh, but it's definitely gonna, it's something to be taken step by step and keeping an eye out on how people respond and what are people concerned about. I think uh, communication is key, isn't it? Speaking to everyone and finding out what their perspective is. Like We sent a, fur- um, a survey out to the team, didn't we, Sandra? And that helped get an idea of who's thinking what and because you don't want to kind of push them into it you you, some people want to come back and they need to come back for their own mental health because it can be tough working at home in different environments whereas other people like you say it is quite daunting to be leaving the house when we haven't left the house in 15 weeks really over here so (laughs) um, yeah it can be quite challenging yeah very daunting and it's important that when trying to get feedback from employees on the one hand it's important to keep it authentic and keep it light. It, at the same time, it's important to know that different people are going to be responding to different uh, stimulus 
so for some people, a survey might be better for another, his boss, for a third person, maybe HR, or somebody who's just not even his boss, but somebody is going to be talking to. So uh, especially in environments, it's important to try and collect as much feedback as possible from uh, various angles. Because especially when people are going to, many people are just not going to be comfortable saying mm. they're against company policy or something that's perceived as company policy. Mm-hmm. I think it's um, clear that you've kind of progressed extremely well. Like you said, you're coming up to 33 soon. But I think it'd be interesting <laughs> doing some pretty cool things at Rookout. So it'd be great to hear what your what the best ever course or training that you've received has been. What's the best sorry? Course or training that you've ever received that you think's so, helped uh, where you are today. Uh, that's definitely gonna be my uh, army training. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was a lot about empowerment first and foremost about uh, knowing that virtually nothing is impossible that uh, if you are uh, intelligent and determined and you have the right people with you then anything can be overcome any challenge can be overcome anything can be achieved almost anything can be achieved and it's mostly about mental endurance and fortitude about staying at it, uh, and about being able to build a map to get you from where you are to where you need to be, mm. about uh, f- finding the right direction, even uh, if a task seems daunting and you're not sure where to get started. It's about getting started. And it's about figuring out along the way, are you moving in the right direction or if you need to change course. I think as um, Sandra mentioned earlier as well, um, a lot of what we're, we're working on at the moment with our tech community is looking after yourself and mindset and mindfulness. And as Sandra mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, she's running an event tonight called Taking Time in Tech um, that we're running virtually to help support our tech community in, in looking after themselves. But it'd be interesting to ask you, you sound like you've got a busy life, hectic schedule, lots of travel. <laughs> How do you look after yourself? What, what do you do to keep yourself sane and healthy, Laurent? So, especially now that with COVID, I've picked up walking out at home. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, pretty good. Uh, keeps, uh, the, keeps the mind sharp, keeps the body alive, mm-hmm. especially as we well. And I also try to give some even though I'm supposedly, I manage a lot of people, I'm meeting a lot of people, I'm speaking to a lot of people, I try to make sure to allocate some time for a personal work, especially around coding, uh, as well as writing. So a lot of the content on our blog was written by me. I'm giving various talks on conferences, now virtual conferences, and I occasionally try to develop a small piece of the product just to stay in touch uh, with uh, with the product, with what we're doing, with the pain we're solving, and with our own engineering teams. Fantastic. So you still still hands-on develop yourself. What what, what language do you do you develop in? So I've, I spent most of my career doing C++, but there isn't a single, there is virtually no code of that in Rockout. So at Rockout, we use... Uh, 
a lot of Golang, a lot of JavaScript, some Python, Java, and C Sharp. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so it's kind of a mix of everything. And personally, I, I'm fluent, reasonably fluent in all of those. So. Can Rookout be used then on across different tech stacks? Yeah, so Rookout can be used for .NET applications, JVM applications, Node.js, and Python, and it will be adding support for Golang and Ruby over the coming months. Amazing. Perfect. I think that's all the questions from me. Sandra, have you got any last-minute questions for Laurent? <laughs> yeah, so I've got a couple more, actually. Um, what um, If you could change one thing in your life what would what would that be so <laughs> one uh, i think a rather important real- realization i had uh, is actually last week was that uh, if there's something that look out or any company i'm working especially as a leader needs more than my time it's my empathy mm-hmm. it's my being able to being emphatic to uh, my colleagues uh, my employees, and my superiors, everyone I'm working with. And especially long-term, though quite often short-term as well, it's more important being supportive than being there. And if I can be, it's better being uh, nice and emphatic and helping everybody for six hours a day than it is being uh, an ugly bastard 12 hours a day uh, <laughs> fighting everybody. <laughs> so if there's one thing to change it's about pacing yourself and being there uh, to support the people around you mm-hmm. fantastic it's nice um last question um which i think would be a nice question to to end on um what are you most excited about longer term like do you have any big plans coming up over the next one to two years within Rookout that you can share so we've uh Rookout we've we got a new CTO a CEO our new CEO joined us about four months ago and things have been going crazy well since then Mm -hmm. Uh, we've shifted more into somewhat of a direct selling enterprise sales motion and uh, both expanding our product to meet those. We've recently announced support for data on-prem, which means that uh, large enterprises can use Rookout without sending us any of the data. So they get all the benefits of SaaS without uh, mm-hmm. worrying about data governance at all. And we're seeing more and more initiatives in marketing and sales operations around those uh, new and existing customers. And it's quite thrilling to see the benefit Rookout is uh, having with our customers, as well as the everyday improvement we're making in the product uh, itself. That's amazing. So, yeah, nice to be able to watch that journey as things grow at Rookout, which sounds great. Amazing. Well, we wish you the best of luck um, on everything that's going on. Hopefully, we'll be able to catch up with you in the future and see. Well, hopefully, we'll hear all about Rookout over in the UK anyway, and I'll be seeing it on everyone's CVs that they've been using it. Um, so, yeah, fantastic. So, thanks so much, um, Laurent, for coming on the show today. If people want to reach out, is it best to get in touch on Twitter, LinkedIn? What's the best form of contact? So, uh, Twitter, I'm Liran underscore last. I'm on LinkedIn as 
Liran Khamovic, and there's also rookout.com where you can just reach out to us. We're there. Amazing. Well, hopefully we'll see you in the UK, the future for some of these conferences anyway, because it'd be great to be in person. But yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks Thank very much you. for your time.